that new jigsaw company yo what's good it's your boy jigsaw blue back with another episode of jigsaw and company uh you know you can catch us on anchor google podcast spotify and now on apple podcast streaming every wednesday sometimes apple podcast can be a little delayed but you know we can work through that right now i'm sitting here with uh a young gentleman that i met through my work uh with uh the boys and girls club and i I seen that he had a passion for the music that he was doing that he is doing and he's do he did a lot of good for the kids at the boys and girls club and that really uh interested me into what he's doing and helping with his uh with his career I'm sitting here with Nick, but his stage name is I Am. Say what's up to the people, man. What's going on, everybody? How we doing? <laughs> How you been, man? Good, man. I'm good. Chilling, working, grinding. So, let's start from the beginning. Like, who is I Am? Like, where did that where did that come from? Okay, so I Am actually started back in my college days at Federal State University. Um, I started a band, and we were having some hard times picking out a name and everything. And actually, the lead singer of the band, his name is Marquis Smith. Mm-hmm. He's playing basketball out in Spain right now. Um, yeah, he, he came up with I Am, and he was saying, well, think about it. You know, when Moses was told to go free the slaves from Egypt, who did God say to say that he was? Or who did God say to say sent you? I Am. Now, when you're putting yourself in that um, sort of uh, environment, in that, in that situation, uh, and you listening to this man saying, okay, well, you know, I, I was sent to save you, and I ask you who sent you, and you say, I am. You know, in your mind, you're thinking, well, he sent himself. Right. And I feel like, you know, I, I kept the name up because I really like that sort of lesson because it's honestly, it's us that do the work. You know, we, we're the ones that get the message and the power and the strength from God, of course, to, to do the work that we're doing, but we're the ones that's doing it, and God wants us to have the, the credibility for it as long as we give him the credibility at the end of the day and we worship his name. So through his power, we are the ones that do the work and we are the ones that uh, put forth the movement and the message. So I am, it's just I am. We all are, you know, it's, it's all encompassing. So how far, like, because you said you was a group, how far did the uh, group get to, like, Man, any performances, any that albums? That was a sad story, bro. That <laughs> was a sad story. I'm telling you, because we, we made it, man. Like, we... We had the publicity, we had the promotion. We were a house band for a jazz club. Uh, I think it was called CPAT. Mm-hmm. And it was somewhere downtown, but it was a jazz club. We'd go there every week. We'd play, you know, never made any money off of it because it was kind of an up and comer. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to be responsible for bringing the people through. But wow. the, the terms weren't really where we would be able to promote to our demographic. I mean, we are promote to a lot of college kids. You know what I mean? Not a lot of people have all that money in the world. Mm-hmm. And the way they were charging, it was just kind of like, well, how are we supposed to bring, you know, people to to a venue that they don't even know exactly. to see a band that they're not even sure about, you know? And then so, on top of that, you're talking about college students, and not a lot of college students is into jazz. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, we, we started off with that, man. Uh, we did a couple shows at Federal State, talent shows and things like that. Um, one by one, everybody had their own life situation going on, you know, as we got closer to graduation, uh, like I said, Marquis, he ended up going to Spain to play ball, mm-hmm. which I'm real proud of my man for that, man. Like, he, he's doing big things, and he's being a big inspiration to a lot of people, man. He's never changed one bit. 
So I love that about him. But you know, other than that, we had a keyboard player. His name was Josh. He ended up going to grad school. He got a psych major, ended up going to grad school. Now he's working in psychiatrics. Um, my brother Rodney, he, um, Rodney used to work at the Boys and Girls Club. Where? Yeah, yeah. He was the bass player. Now he's over in Charlotte at NBC, you know, doing production work and everything. And he just got married this past weekend. Okay. Um, yeah, and I mean, I was I was really the last of the Mohicans, you know. And <laughs> honestly, it was it was dope. It was a fun ride, man. But it was it was a lot of stress, a lot of challenges, having to put everybody on my page, you know, for my dream, and everybody else has their own dream. Right. And I just sort of realized, you know, I have to make my dream work for me first before I can get other people to see it. It's true. You know, because yeah. I can see it all day, but if I can't show you, well, you gotta bring it to life. You know what I mean? So. I've decided, like, hey, I'm gonna keep I am. I'm gonna keep, you know, what we stood for, the message that we stood for, and I'm just gonna represent the band by myself, you know. And that, yeah, we we made it. We we had a fun run, man. It wasn't that far into success per mm -hmm. se, but we had a fun run. I'd say that. What was uh What was the lesson that you learned from being in that group? Um, one of the biggest lesson was definitely what you know I was just talking about about how you know you can't really expect other people to be on board if you don't exemplify what you're trying to do first and I think that carries over into my single artist career because um, now I'm at a point where I no longer have to get people to come to practice or anything like that but now I have to focus on well how do I get my audience to get on board with what I'm doing mm -hmm. and if I don't believe in what I'm doing then I can't possibly get them to believe it you know so that was probably the biggest thing that I got from that, you know, and I mean, just leadership qualities, uh, trying to manage without being a tyrant, you know, that became a little difficult because now you're worried about, I had new members come in the band uh, over time, and you know, you're worried about these new members who don't really know me like that, uh, trying to either take over or, step on your toes yeah, right, and exactly. challenge you, mm -hmm. I understand, man. So it's, uh, it, was, it was definitely a lot of lessons to be learned, man, and I, I don't regret any of that for one bit, man. It was a dream of mine to have a band in high school. Mm -hmm. I got it in college, you know, and now it's time to step on the bigger things for me. So you say uh, 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 learning to have bring bring your audience to you and have them listen to you. What ways are you doing that? Oh, I I run a bunch of like promotions, man, like unheard of stuff uh, that pretty much gets people involved and interactive. You know, um, like for example, I'm promoting my, my new song, Cape Fair Valley, and uh, I did this thing, or I'm doing this thing, and I didn't really explain it to anybody, you know, so I mean, they hear this podcast, they're going to know instantly, and hopefully they'll act on that, but I'm doing this thing where everybody that shares my song uh, or it shares the promotion rather, they're gonna get a copy of the free song. And I'm gonna post that, I'm gonna you know, shout them out and everything like that on social media, get them a free copy of the song. I also have um, a fundraiser run and I put my cash app out. Um, anybody that donates, even if they donate a dollar, whenever my first album comes out, then they're gonna get a free copy of that and get a shout out. That's you what's know? And um, it's, I, it all started, like I was thinking, when the first person I saw shared my promo, I was thinking like, man, I ought to get him a free copy of the song. And it just dawned on me, that's the type of person that I am. You know, it's not really to raise notoriety, though it will eventually, and I, and I understand that. But my intentions isn't to raise notoriety, it's just, I just want to show the people that this is the type of person I am. You can be this person while still being in the business, while still being, um, you know, an icon or, or somebody that people look up to. Because there's a lot of icons out here that don't need to be icons, you know. And 
it's, it's sad, man, because a lot of these people that are getting looked up to is by the kids. It's know? true, man. And, and the kids are the future. They are, yeah. And, I mean, if you got a kid that know every bar to bust down Tatiana before they could say the ABCs, that's a problem for them. A huge problem. <laughs> so. A huge problem. And that's the way the generation goes. It seems like uh, YouTube and, well, I, I could say YouTube is basically raising mm -hmm. Uh, raising the kids, right? Like I, I made sure that mine they 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 get a limit, right? And with that comes it comes a little problem from time to time, mm -hmm. but you know as long as I know that they doing what they supposed to be doing, I'm fine. Right, man. Uh, so the promotion you said they get a free they they promote your song, they get a copy of the song, mm -hmm. and if they donate to the fundraiser. You get them a copy when you drop your album. Yes, mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Cause not a lot of people, you know, they a lot of people just say, "Boom, okay, I got this mixtape, I got this album, uh, I'm sharing this, I'm sharing this." You know, buy it right here, buy it right there. Right. And I know, you know, no matter what you send me, it's you all it's love. It. Yeah, it's, it's still it's, love. Right. That's 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 respect. I can respect that. I appreciate it, man. So, K Fear, what's the single about? Okay, so Cape Fear Valley started, um, it was a few months ago, man, but uh, my girlfriend, she, she had gotten sick, and um, she was in the hospital, and, you know, I wasn't really able to be there as much as I would like to be, because, you know, I'm working and everything like that, but every time I was able to be there, you know, I made sure I stayed as long as I could, and one night, I, I think it was like the second night I was there, uh, went in there, she was like, heaving she was like dying man like she was in pain all that and you know took care of her, put it back in the bed and i sat sat down i'm like man i'm getting tired but i'm trying to um keep myself up so i decided to write this song i'm like it's obvious what i'm gonna write the song about now you know because I'm, I'm an artist that I, I write about my experiences right and what i'm really feeling i mean i was feeling that you know i was like dang i really hope that this isn't fatal you know so i'm just writing 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 and the whole time I'm looking at her, looking back down, right? And I heard this hot beat on YouTube. Um, you know, I didn't end up using the YouTube beat. You know, I ended up making my own beat off of it. But, you know, I just, I didn't have anything at the time. So I used that as a reference. And it's just writing the song, man. It's basically, it's about how, you know, I'm there with you, but I can't really do anything to help you feel better. Mm. You know, I'm not really able to do anything to, to make this pain go away, but just be here, you know, and, She's a big fan of letters. You know, I, I bought her some flowers, but I wasn't able to get her a card. So I, I have a line in the song pretty much stating, like, well, this is the letter that you're getting. This song is the letter. So, yeah, it's, it's real, It's real, bro. Like, this song is probably the realest that it gets as far as my, my repertoire of music right now. So, yeah, man, I just, I'm excited about it, though. <laughs> that's, that's, that's real special because a lot of people... A lot of people appreciate you just being there. And for her to know that you was just there, you know, just being there for her while she's at, at a time of need and you was there for her, uh, I'm pretty sure she'll she go appreciate that forever. Especially <laughs> with this song, it's, it's gonna live forever. Yeah. Man. I, I don't think I'm, I never had a moment like that. I'm trying to think, I. I yeah, it's real, man. Stuff get real out here, man. Tell me. 
<laughs> so as far as like your songs, your catalog, like how 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 deep is your catalog right now? Oh, right now, I mean, my catalog goes back to when I was in high school, man. So I've got a bunch of music that's you know unreleased that I do want to come back and visit. Mm -hmm. But in terms of what I have right now, um, that that I'm working on pushing, mm -hmm. uh, it's about four songs that I have, you know, written. You know, I have another one. Really, four songs that have the beats and they're written. You know, I'm just waiting to get in the studio for them. But um, I'm working on another one. Uh, what I got to lose. I actually wrote that a little min minute ago, and I just made the beat for it last night. Okay. So um, yeah, I mean, I, once I get in the studio, I mean, you'll be hearing about that one real soon, man. I'm actually, um, I'm performing that one on June 1st. You know, it's gonna be um, I, I have a show on June 1st at the Caribbean Festival. Uh, it's a Caribbean festival at Mendoza Park, it's in Spring Lake, and um, yeah, I'll be doing Cape Fair Valley and what I got to lose at that. Okay. And the crazy part is I'll be at work that day, so I'll be doing that at my lunch break. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, man, the grind is real, bro. The grind is, it never stops. <laughs> hey, man, you will appreciate it more. when you Once you get to that little level of success, you'll appreciate it more because of the grind. You have to go to work, you know, get off from work, go to the studio. Get off from work, go to, to a showcase. Get off from work and... You know, put in mad hours right and, and making beats and whatnot. Absolutely. Uh, like, I, I got off from work with Tuesday. I got off from work, went to a showcase, then had to be to work like 7 o'clock in the morning and then leave the showcase for like 11. That's great. And, but like I said, it's all for the love. Yeah, man. If you, like, if you have a passion for something, time, sleep, it really don't matter. Sometimes you go a whole day. I remember, man, when I first started making beats, I was like so in it because, you know, I'm kind of an impatient person. Like I, I'm, I'm the type of dude, like when I was younger learning how to play piano, my instructor would be like, stop playing it so fast. I was one of those people, you know okay. what I'm saying? Like I, I was trying to rush to learn it to get it so I could move on to the next thing. When I first started making beats and stuff, man, like I, I think that's probably the reason why I wasn't making as much progress back then. So I didn't really take time to like study it. You know, okay. I was just trying to get into it. But um, I would spend like whole days, you know, just on the computer. Like I'd look out the window and it's nighttime. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I've been on it for that long. <laughs> I didn't even know I didn't eat. I didn't do any of that the whole because day. It's just <laughs> like it's just like when when kids playing. Mm -hmm. When they playing. Nothing, Nothing matters. matters. Yeah, they don't even know what time it is. They don't know what time it is. <laughs> they don't care about no food. Right. Nothing. So I, I can I can really really understand that. Yeah, man. Then you tell them to go clean their room on Sunday hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to go to bed. No, right. I got I got I got homework. But you was outside. Right. All right. <laughs> man, that's. But now, um, you played. So you said you played the piano. What mm -hmm. other? I know you play the guitar, so yeah. what other instruments do you play? Um, I play drums. Well, not, not as much anymore. I played it uh, in high school and college for a little bit uh, in the percussion section of the symphonic bands. Uh, I played steel drums. That was my first instrument. Um, when I was eight, I, I did a music camp, and they taught me how to play the steel drums. So I've been playing that from eight to about when I was in college, and then even a little bit after the fact, too. But that kind of weaned down a little bit. My drum got out of tune and stuff. So I'm working on getting a new one so I can get back get back to that. Um, 
I mean, that's that's about it, man. I, I played trumpet for a little bit, but not enough for me to say I'm a trumpet player. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you are a piano player. Yeah. You are a guitarist, mm-hmm. and you are steel drum, steel pianist. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, talk about your college days, not so much the music side, but about you having that college experience, because you are in the fraternity, Mm -hmm. and you have experienced that Bronco pride lifestyle. I heard some crazy stories. It was wild, bro. It was wild. Like, when I got there, I'm not going to lie, the way I got into Fayetteville State, I was um. I what was year was it? Sorry, it was twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. I was trying to go to a different school. It was um. I was a football player. I wanted to play football in college. Uh, hopefully, going to the league. And it was a school uh, named it's Dickinson in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And it was like fifty six thousand a year to go there. Damn. And yeah, and I mean, you know, my mindset isn't like, oh, well, you know, I gotta pay for it. I'm thinking <laughs> my parents about to pay for it because they pay for all my other schooling. I mean, I went to Catholic school all the way throughout. They paid for every one of my schools. I'm thinking, well, shoot, going to college, they're gonna pay for that too. Nah, I was wrong. <laughs> I was dead wrong, bro. It was the only school I applied to, the only school I wanted to go to. And, you know, found all that out. I'm thinking I'm not able to go to college now. And my dad, he's also a captain. He um he had a frat brother at the time who knew a whole bunch of people in a whole bunch of different schools. You know, Norfolk State, Cheney University. None of them I really knew. All of them were HBCUs, so I wasn't interested in any of them anyway. I went to a predominantly white high school, so I was looking forward to going to that PWI. I was good. Right. Um, I didn't know anything about the schools. Didn't care to do any research, and I really had to make a decision within the next day anyway. So I just called him. I asked him, so what what differentiates the school? He said, well, Fayetteville State has a nice pool. So, well, Fayetteville State it is. <laughs> you know, that's funny, right? <laughs> that's literally how I got into Fayetteville State. It has a nice pool. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't know nothing about these schools. That it won't make a difference anyway. I do like to swim, so I go to the place with a nice pool. And got there. I hated the football program. Like, I, the players were great. The coaches were cool. Don't get me wrong. They were definitely cool. But I just felt like, the, the family aspect that I felt at Gonzaga in my high school was not the same as Fayetteville State. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like it was a lot more, I was a number versus a player, player you okay. know, and I, I, wasn't, I wasn't down with it, man. And, um, you know, I ended up dropping my first year uh, off the squad. I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to deal with that. And I was going to transfer to another school, Shippensburg in Pennsylvania. I went up there, saw the school, loved the school, got to the point with the paperwork, all I had to do was sign it. And prior to this, I had gone to the radio station, Broncar Radio, and I met my boy Rodney uh, right before that too. And you know, I was like, man, I can't do it. I met too many good people, and I, I think I'll just stay at Fayetteville State. I don't know what possessed me to do that. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I was ready. I drove up there. You know what I mean? I drove up to Shippensburg, ready to sign these papers, and I just decided not to. And as life went on, you know, I started to see more and more like, okay, you well, see God, yeah, there. God had some bigger plan for me in favor, you know. So I couldn't really separate myself from that. I don't know where my life would be right now if I hadn't done state, you know. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I know that. <laughs> so and it's real, bro. But um, yeah. So I stayed at Fayetteville State, man. I uh, wanted to be a capital, of course. Didn't really care about any other fraternities. Um, didn't care to do any research. I knew that my dad showed me exactly what I needed to see about capital and the new life. So I couldn't cross my freshman year. They were off the yard anyway my freshman year. But sophomore year, 
ended up uh, getting online and crossing. And my brother was my roommate, Rodney. He was my roommate at the time, and he was crossing Sigma at the same time. Mm. So we were basically line brothers together because we were always coming back to the same room. You know, I always think he's like my closest line brother, even though he's not really my line brother. Right. You know what I mean? But I mean, I love all my line brothers to death too. I'm not talking shit about them at all. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So cross Kappa, and like when I tell you that that's all she wrote, like my my swag at Fayetteville State did not start until I crossed Kappa. My freshman year, I was a football player. I thought in my mind I was transferring. So all I did was go to practice, go to class, go to the camp, come back to the room, I'm on the game. Go to practice, classroom, on the game. You know what I'm saying? Right. Whole year. Didn't care to go to any first steps, didn't care to go any like programs to meet anybody. I'm like, well, I'm gonna meet people and I'm about to leave Lee. anyway. Yeah. Then I met Rodney, you know, and it was crazy because, I mean, he was the one person that was like, he, he made me stay. You know, and he didn't ask me to stay because I was talking to him about transferring. He was like, yeah. Man, I don't really like Fayetteville State either. I'd probably transfer with you. I knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that wasn't happening. But, yeah, I mean. Nah, so, niggas talk to talk. Right. Talk to talk, right? But, yeah, so he, um, I ended up staying because of that. And after that, I mean, of course, my face is now more seen on campus. They know me as the Kappa. You know, all the freshmen start coming in. They don't know me as anything but the Kappa because they didn't know me beforehand. And, you know, I just kind of used that as my foundation for building my confidence up. I was not confident at all when I first got into Fayetteville State. Mm. I, I went through a tough um, elementary school experience, middle school experience. My high school experience was straight, but it was an all-boy high school, so there really weren't no females to validate me as a person, you know? Mm. I had a girlfriend that went to the sister school, but she, I mean, at the time, it was, it was a rough relationship. Like, over time, we became friends, so we're, we're cool now, for sure. But, um, yeah, no, at the time, she, she definitely was a little bit more poisonous to my to my well-being than than good, and I don't think that's any fault of her own. I think I mean I had some some part to play in that, so I might have been a little more poisonous for her as well. So I'm not talking shit. You know, anyway. <laughs> I promise you. But um, yeah, man. So I I needed to build my confidence. All in all, I needed to build my confidence. Uh, I was no good talking to girls. You know, no good. I, mean, I could communicate with anybody, you know, but it was usually after a while I would just kind of creep out my shell and then boom, now nah, I can't shut up. <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, man, uh, I'm majoring in communications, was going to go for psycho psychology, but I took a psych class, had like a 10 page paper on like the first day or something. I was like, nah, nah. yeah, that's, that's, nah. that's dead, bro. And then I had a 15 page paper by the end of the year, so I was like, definitely not. <laughs> it was my freshman year, right? Like, no. Heck no. So I wanted to major in music, but then I thought to myself, I really don't want to make it work until it has to be work. You know, I don't want to have to get a grade for it. So I didn't really want to, like, because I knew I'd probably hit it after that. So I um, decided, well, what, what would be the best thing for me to do? And I remember the radio station, and that's communications, you know, that's audio production, video production, excuse me. Um, you know, all the stuff that I want to do with my life. And then I thought about it even further. I'm like, this could really give me a blueprint for how to talk to people, how mm -hmm. to interact, you know, what to say, what not to say, um, you know, what I'm looking at. How to say it. Right, how to say it, that's the most important part. Um, you know, looking at people's culture um, and understanding what's appropriate, what's not appropriate about that culture and understand why people act a certain way towards you and why you shouldn't get mad about that simply because it's part of their lifestyle and part of the way that they live. 
all that, man, it gave me a, a, a straight blueprint for how I'm going to live my life in the future. And I figured it's not even about the paper at this point. Now it's about me really learning all this stuff. And I sat there, man, and I grinded it through. And I almost didn't finish school because I couldn't afford it. After a while, my, my DC tag thing ran out, so I couldn't afford it. And I owe the fact that I finished school to two people, Jeffrey Womble and Tyrese Brown. Jeffrey Womble, he's, um, I don't really know his exact position, but I know he works for the chancellor. But um, he, he was grinding for me to get scholarships, finding people for me to go talk to. You know, he was a mentor for me. Great, great guy. I would definitely always shout out Jeffrey Womble. And Tyrese Brown, my very last year at Fayetteville State, you know, I, I couldn't um, afford, like I said, because my DC tag ran out. It was only four years and I had to stay for one semester at the fifth year. So he was like, well, come run cross country. That's a scholarship. I said, well, bet. I never ran cross country a day in my life. And I wish I could do it again because that was the best shape I ever been in my life, man. Okay. I'm telling you. Like, I wish I could go ahead. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I hear a lot of people say, you know, well, you know, I played this, you know, I played this sport, never played this sport before, but then as soon as they did it, they loved it. Yeah, man. I Like, if I would have known what I knew about cross country back in high school, I would have done cross country all the way through. Because that, I mean, this is something about running, you seeing the woods and, like, you feeling the breeze. It's soothing, man. Yeah. And, I mean, the training is, the training is going to be the training no matter what. You know, but, I mean, yeah, not at the risk of football, but at the same time, I didn't even end up playing football. So it was like, I mean, yeah, it gave me my size now, but <laughs> other than that, what really did it give me other than the experience? You know, I'm I'm not hate, hateful about it at all, though. Like, I love football to this day. I love the fact that I played it. But, yeah, back to the school, though. So, um, yeah, did communications, did a bunch of shows. I, I had hosted this um, this concert event at the end of my senior year. It was like a little project I was doing. And I wanted to be a tour throughout the year, but I had to deal with a lot of the bureaucracy of the school and, like, a lot of stuff I didn't really want to have to deal with. But, um, yeah, they they were really, like, sleeping on a lot of the stuff that I was trying to do. But, you know, I'm pretty sure it's because they had other stuff that they were really more focused on. Mm -hmm. So I can't really blame them for that. But I, um, it was called Bucking All Over the World. And it was going to have three different um, messages. One was for AIDS, one was for world hunger awareness, and one was for, um, uh, I forgot the last one. I think it was uh, cancer. But um, yeah, I didn't do the AIDS or the cancer one. I did World Hunger. And Rodney was actually doing something at the same time called Piece of the Pie, where he'd go out and help the homeless and stuff. And he had found this one guy, his name was Antonio, that he just kind of connected to. And he'd go constantly back to see him. We helped him build a shed. Like, he lived in a forest area, and he had to build like a shack. And we helped him build a shack. We helped him clean out the area, brought him food and stuff like that. So I mean, it was a great experience. I mean, it was it was definitely humbling. But he brought him up to the to the school, and he was, I mean, him and his wife were up there, and they were just talking about their experience. And I tell you, there was no dry eye in that auditorium, in that gym. And the craziest part is, man, there were like three, four other promoted, well-known student events that night, and I had like half the gym full. So it's like I knew back then if I can do something like that, put together an event with all of those struggles that I had to go through, like, whenever I make it, you know, whenever I, I'm able to have the resources and the money and people want to help me because I am who I am, mm -hmm. then, you know, it'll be nothing to have an event that is really going to inspire people to change their outlook on a lot of things, man, We're starting with this money problem that we have. Because oh, yeah. money, I mean, you need it. And I think a lot of people are afraid to say that they don't need it because they know if they don't have it, they're not paying a the bill. Yeah. They don't pay that bill, they don't live in that house. 
But at the end of the day, you know, as much as we need it, we had put that stint on it. We had made it as important as it is. So for you to not help somebody out because they're not giving you any money for it, that's a problem for me. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're the main one talking about, well, you know, uh, money, money is the root of all evil. Now the love of money is the root of all evil. Because money is going to get you what you want. But if you love it to a point where you're not willing to assist your brother or your sister in what they're trying to do because they can't afford you, then that becomes a problem for me. And that's really what I want to change about this capitalist society that we're living in. I'm having half on it because I'm, I'm the type of person, uh, I'm all about love. Mm-hmm. And when, I, when I'm dealing with somebody, if they more so about, oh, you know, the money aspect, like, I mean, I, I understand... Yes, we do need money to, you know, to get through life. Right. But if it's all about getting money and you're not dealing with the happiness or, you know, your family, that's when it becomes a problem for me. Right. But um, as far as, like, helping others when it comes to money, I'm cool with, you know, you know, shedding this, you know, to help you there, shedding you to help there. But I have to see that you... Wanted to, yeah, you want yeah. to help yourself. Right. If you, uh, it, 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 and then sometimes it, I mean, not sometimes, but it don't even have to be about money. Mm-hmm. If if I see you not trying to help yourself, but you come to me asking me to, you know, do this, do that, da 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 da. Right. You know why should why should I help you if All you're right. not willing to help yourself? Right. Right. Because then you become a burden at that point. Exactly. You're right, man. You're absolutely right about that. So that, that's. That's the craziest part, man. That's the craziest yeah. part because we, yeah. we, we're all grown to learn to love your neighbor and to help your neighbor, you know what I mean? And it, it becomes sort of confusing after a while when people come up to you and they're asking for help, especially like if it's just a homeless person on the street, you really don't know them, you don't understand their struggle, understand what they're going through. It's like, do I help this person because you know I know I'm supposed to or should I not help this person because I feel like they're going to go and buy drugs with this money that I give them or something like that, you know? And, I mean, I've resorted to just buying food for a lot of people and stuff like that. But, I mean, a lot of the times, too, man, like, these people that live out there just made a bad decision. And one bad decision led to a whole snowball effect of just... Bad decisions. Right, yeah. And it became... I mean, I've been through that. You know, I've, I've definitely been through where I made one bad decision that's affected me for the rest of my life or the rest of the tenure of that part of my life at least you know and that it was it was, it was some tough stuff bro but so how did you check like how did you get out of that honestly man a lot of prayer <laughs> a lot of a lot of prayer but I mean truthfully I just had to really like remember who I am before any of that mm-hmm. you know before any of the problems um before the moment, the very first moment where it happened, or the very first moment that even led to uh, any of the circumstances that are related to that, I had to remember where I was coming from. Remember the part of me that didn't care about any of the stuff that's going on currently, you know, whether it be a relationship or you know any other thing. And I, um, I was just like, well, I got to get back to that, you know. And a lot of the times. It was really God looking out because life just took me away. You know, life just really had me taken away. Like, with my, I had a, a house one time on um, just right off of Redford Road. And I was like $1,000 in debt. 
mm. for the rent. Like two months not paid. Do you believe Hurricane Matthew came and wiped that whole slate clean? I'm telling you, God is good, man. I mean, I've, that's been my whole life. That's honestly been my whole life. Like one decision led me to a point where I feel like as though I'm not able to to get out of it. But then God comes and God comes and um God comes and pretty much just just takes care of it for me. So I just I just look at it like this, man. I just look at it like this, man. If you know in your mind and you know in yourself that you have a goal to be better than what you are then life is going to take care of it. Whether or not you believe in God, it's, he don't even care whether or not you believe in You know what I mean? Like, as long as you know, right, as long as you know that your whole goal is to make the society around you exactly what he intended it to be, he's going to help you do that. He's going to allow the universe to throw something your way that you don't even expect, and it's going to happen so quick. That's how I got the job at the dealership. It happened so quick. One day I'm working at Applebee's, the next week I'm working at the dealership. I, I was still thinking I was at Applebee's at that point, but I was still thinking I, I was at Applebee's at that point, but you know, I, um, yeah, man, I, that's just the way it works, man. I, I love it, though. You know, I love being able to see things unfold and know, you know, have the knowledge and the wisdom. You know, not my wisdom, you know, this was granted on me, and to, to understand that this is what's happening, this is what's being played out. This is how I need to act. And it's up to me to act to it. I don't always do that. You know, that's that's what my flaw is. I don't always act the way I know I should act. But at the end of the day, as I'm getting older, it's a little easier for me to discipline myself. You know, so, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break right now. Uh, see where I am. And this is Jigsaw Company. And we'll be right back. Yo, what's good? This your boy Jigsaw Blue, host of Jigsaw and Company. But this is not about me. This is me showing love to my peoples. Shout outs to Marley at THSH Radio. It's on all streaming platforms that have podcasts. Y'all need to go support him. Subscribe to his uh, podcast. And shout out to BJ the Best, Cab229. He's out there working, working, working. Y'all need to get out there, support his podcast, subscribe to his, uh, do this for the love. If you ain't supporting your friends, I don't know what you're doing. Yo, please subscribe to these podcasts. Cab 229 with BJ The Best, THSH Radio with my homie Marley on all streaming platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, CastBox, uh Apple Podcast, and if you haven't, you should download the Anchor app so you can get that exclusive real quick. And also, Jigsaw and Company is all on streaming platforms as well. So subscribe, support, and let's get it in. Yo, 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 we back. Your boy Jigsaw Blue. And I'll say where I am. No. So let's get back to the music stuff, man. So you got the single. You're working on the album. Got the the show June first. What else do you What else do you feel like you got coming towards you? Um, right now, man. Oh, I didn't even mention this. I've been talking to um Rodney. I, I mentioned before he works at NBC. Right. Uh, so he has his own production uh, company. It's called Rodney Adams Media or Ram. And uh, I'm going to have him do my video for Cape Fear Valley. Okay. Uh, we don't really have any of the specifics laid out quite yet. 
but we have been talking heavily about that, and uh, he's definitely the route that I'm going to go. So that's something that people can look out look out for pretty soon. You know, you know I'm going to have that YouTube page. I got a website coming out. Um, I don't have my domain name yet, so you know I'll just be posting that as I go along. But yeah, it's a lot of stuff that I'm doing behind the scenes, man. Uh, it's all in this baby phases, but I mean, once once they grow old, they just it's going to all pop at once, you know. And it's a uh, yeah, it's a lot going on. As far as shows and everything, that's pretty much all I've got. Uh, the show on June 1st. Uh, it's been trying to lay low a little bit just so I can, you know, kind of build everything up from the ground and, you know, don't really want to show too much too early, you know. But, yeah, man, I'm just I'm just out here just grinding. So you have not did a solo performance yet? Uh, well, I've performed before solo. Um, nothing like what I'm going to be doing on June 1st. I... Usually I go out there with my guitar. A lot of people in Fayetteville that do know me know me as a guy with a guitar. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I go to, like, rap shows and stuff, and I'd be the only singer out there with a guitar. And I kind of like to maintain that image. Mm -hmm. um, I prefer what I'm doing now just because it allows me that freedom to give the energy that I really want to give without the, uh, the limitation of, well, I'm playing this specific thing, you know, so I've got to cater to this specific thing. And I do a real specific kind of vibe on my guitar, man. I'm like that bluesy reggae old reggae you know sort of uh slap and pop you know i'm i'm really into that so i mean that's kind of where i keep it um in terms of when i'm playing my solo songs but yeah i mean as far as this this new i am this is definitely going to be the first that anybody's really ever seen me do on stage so is there anything different that you're going to do for the new i am um well other than you know um, the like that sort of being on a beat and everything like that. Other than that, um, really everything. The foundation was built when I started. You know, the band back in college. Mm -hmm. The foundation of how I was gonna run things. So, as far as like the way I do things, it's pretty much gonna be the same. I'm still the same Nick. You know, still the same person that wants to be more influential than an icon. Like I don't really care about fame. I know it comes with fame because people are gonna know me. Even if they don't like me, it's still fame, you right. know? But it's it's more of a, you know, now that you see me, now that you know me, look at how I live my life, look at the success that I have. You can have the success too, even if you are a genuine person. You don't have to be a snake, you know? Mm -hmm. You don't have to be shysty, you don't have to care about money, you know, and you can still have it all too, and still give the glory to God. So, yeah, I'm definitely, um, I mean, nothing too different, you know, but I'm definitely changing up the, the performance style for sure. Like the shows are gonna be different. Uh, I'm gonna have a lot of effects. You know, I'm I'm a sucker for effects. Like Prince was one of my favorite performers. Like the effects that he had on his shows were outstanding. You know, Michael Jackson's another one. Chance the Rapper, if you want to talk about rappers, like his shows are great. I mean, he has a whole big band and a choir and everything like that. I, that that's what I picture. You you would have like a band. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's the goal. That's well, definitely live, the ultimate goal. Live instruments, mm -hmm. okay. Definitely the ultimate goal, man. Right now, you know, I gotta stick with what I have. But right. over time, you know, when people start to realize the dream with me and they wanna be a part of that, then I will definitely utilize that help. So if you can take artists and put them as you, who would you say creates I am? Um a lot of people say that when I flow, I sound like Bone Thugs. <laughs> and, I mean, I love Bone Thugs and Harmony. They're not really the one that I would really want to be compared to. Mm -hmm. 
just because there are so many other rappers out there that I would prefer. But I mean, that's still a great. I mean, don't don't get yeah, me wrong. To be compared legends. to them, yeah, like I love that. But honestly, man, like Chance the Rapper was really the first like rapper that got me sort of really wanting to rap now. Like back in the day when I was in eighth grade, I remember Tupac was my dude, man. I used to love Tupac. You couldn't tell me anybody was better than Tupac. Biggie. And you couldn't tell me anybody was better than Tupac. <laughs> I mean, I listened Biggie. to no, I listened to Biggie, right? And I would get mad because I'm like, dang, he did sound a little bit better. But nah, Tupac, Tupac. I would get mad because it's like, dang, here's this guy that's like, you know, on the same level as Pac, but just like a little bit nicer. The flow is a little bit nicer lyrically and everything. But I think what it was was Pac's authenticity. You yeah. know, he Biggie, he was dope. He had a dope flow and everything. He but, was like the he was like what we picture a rapper to be. Right. And right. Pac is like what he's an activist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, what a rapper should be. You yeah. know, I mean, Biggie talked about his life. You know, talked about the drug dealing and you know the sex and all that. And it was great. It sounded great. You know, did the party songs, which Pop did too. But Pop had, like, life goes on. You can't beat that, man. Dear Mama, you can't beat that. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are the kinds of songs that really impacted my life, you okay. know. And they, uh, he was the reason why I've decided in eighth grade that if I'm going to do this music stuff, it's not going to be just to do music. It's not going to be just to make a party song. You know, I'm, every song that I have has a purpose. You know, it serves a point. And even when I do do like club bangers, which would be few and far between, most likely. But even the club bangers, man, like I'm in the process now of thinking of a way to make it sound to the ears, like, oh, this is a banger, yeah, 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 shake, shake that, shake this. But and, and on the bottom of it, it's gonna be like subliminal messages, yeah, exactly. So sometimes you gotta get the medicine through the candy, man. Mm -hmm, yeah, exactly. You're right. I like that. I like that. Sometimes yeah. you got to. I like that. So. You sound like, because listen to you talk, you, Pac is, you know, your go-to guy. Going to a a, pro, uh, a dominant white school didn't... Oh, didn't absolutely, absolutely. When I went to the, my high school, all I listened to was heavy metal, screamo, punk, pop, uh, pop punk, punk rock, all that. You know, I, techno, dubstep, but that all contributed to my sound today, though. I, like I would never take anything from that because even to this day I still listen to techno. I love techno. Like I'm cleaning, I'm listening to techno, because it's like I know what it takes to produce a song. Being a producer myself, and some of the intricacies. Like when it's finished, it doesn't really sound that appealing to our ears right. because it's it's hard. It's go get it. You know, it's like it's it's real. No no real soul in it at all. But. Like when I'm listening to like the pads and like the, the scents and everything like that and I'm hearing it and I'm like, wow, I know that this took this, this, that, and the third to make this sound. And he probably spent like five days on just that sound alone. And then he had to put that into this greater picture of a song. You know, like I'll admit there are times when I hear it and it gets a little tired to me, but you know, just knowing what they've been through to actually get to that sound, I appreciate it. I'm I'm definitely a guy that appreciates the deeper art behind what the art is. You know, the artist is is much more um is much more important to me than the art itself. Like think about Picasso. You know, you look at his paintings, it's like this man just drew some lines together and called it art. Right. But to understand who he was as a person and why he did that makes you appreciate it more. 
I mean, I remember um, my parents, I'll just give you one more example. My parents used to listen to Bob Marley all the time, and I hated that because I would hear it. I just got older, you know. It, I've heard other reggae now of today, or of that time, rather, that sounded better to me than Bob Marley did. Not really realizing that Bob Marley paved the way for all of that, you know, they just grabbed that foundation and just added on to it, which did make it better, you know, in sound. But then I watched a documentary on him, and I was listening to like how he felt about life, why he wrote songs that he wrote, all that. And I gained such a deep appreciation for him that I could not stop listening to him for like a month or two. Like, I remember this song too. It was like a month or two, all I would listen to was Bob. And like, this. Just the songs, like, I felt like I knew him. You know, I felt like this was one of my friends that made a song. And, like, I was listening to his life story through that song. So, yeah, man, I, I definitely think that that appreciation for the artist, it rides a little bit heavier when it comes to the music itself. What is your biggest fear when it comes to this music? My biggest fear, man definitely what comes with it you know uh, I know it's going to be a lot of people who don't wouldn't really like me otherwise that are like consistently on me and pressuring me the temptation all that and I'm not saying that I'm fearful of falling to come to that because I prepared myself for that a long time ago but I mentioned my girlfriend earlier uh, <clears throat> in my mind I'm marrying this one you know like that's that's my goal I already have a date picked out and everything that I'm going to propose yeah, it's, it's that deep. And I just don't want her to feel as though I've changed up on her or to feel as though that this is so much for me to bear that she starts to change up on me and start looking at me a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want the family to stay homebound and grounded. Like, you say you're going to go through this with me. I say I'm going to go through this with you. I'm not going to allow this to happen. I know there are certain things that you can't see, and there are going to be a lot of closed doors, especially when I start touring. Mm-hmm. But I don't want you to feel as though I'm out here stepping out on you and doing all this extra stuff because I won't be. It's not my, it's not even me at all. Like I remember I was younger and all my friends, like in middle school, you know, the kids always have like three, four girlfriends. Yeah, I remember them telling me that. I'm like, why do you need three, four girlfriends? Just have one. Like, you you had time for three, four girls. Like, it never made sense to me. Man, that shit is stressful. Yeah. That shit is stressful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they did it, man. Like, don't have no time for it. My ladies, you, oh, you, 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 you and your other girl. Nah, I ain't got time for it. Right. Like, uh, I'm tired right now. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, shoot, your girl, not your girl specifically, but just your girl in general. Uh, already saying, oh, you ain't got time for me. But if I ain't got time for you, how do I, how do I got time for these other women? Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I understand because <clears throat> I have that conversation. <clears throat> had that conversation all the time. Like, if I get to the, get to that certain level, I don't want you to feel like you win it by yourself. Right. Because I know my lady, she, she don't like to be in the public. Mm-hmm. She... She don't like to go out in public or, you know, so I know I'm, I'm going to have to be like on some uh, Charlamagne shit because mm-hmm. like for, he talks about his wife, but to be honest, still to this day, I've been following Charlamagne for years. Never seen her. Huh? Never seen her. Never seen uh, his daughters. No, he got three daughters. Never seen mm-hmm. them. 
So I know that's something that if I get to a certain level in my career or, you know, whatever I'm doing, the only way to go see them is if we had a red card. Right. right. And that's if she if decides to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, so I, can appre- I, I can respect and appreciate that you already have that in mind and that you already protecting her uh, of that type of, si- type of situation mm-hmm. because I understand right. being that <clears throat> me and my lady talk about that all the time we've been talking about, that, talking about that like even when I was doing music and like I had dudes be like yo you know Jig I want you to be my manager I want you to do this I want you to do that you know we have to go here we have to go there and I have to protect my lady mind that we are okay, you are safe, nobody can come in between right. what we got. Right, and then the craziest part is, man, like, a lot of these women that have a problem with that is generally stemmed from a prior relationship or, you know, uh, a situation where they feel like they can't trust men anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the saddest part because it's kind of like you, you know and you have to understand, like, hey, this is what it was before, and I understand why she's feeling this way now. Granted, you know, she has no reason to, nor should she really feel that way, but you, you gotta have kind of an understanding of that. And it's like, man, how do you really combat, you know, years of experience with one specific type of person when you know you're a genuine person and they only been with you for like a few months? You know, they can't really gauge yet. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's probably to me the hardest part. It is what it is, man. I, I feel as though as long as I keep my head on straight and I know I'm not doing anything, then it's going to work itself oh, out. Oh, yeah. As long as you know that you, what are you doing is in good, in, in a good vibe, good faith, you don't have nothing to worry about. Yeah. I, I, man, I just, we have to talk about this off. Yeah. <laughs> Because I don't need no uh, evidence or nothing. But, man, as long as you know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you taking care of home, everything else go fall in place. You're right, man. Everything else going to fall in place, man. So I like to ask random questions at times. All right, good. (laughs) So um, if you could meet a fictional character, who would you want to meet? Fictional character. Oh, jeez. Um, I don't need a fictional character. Oh, Superfly. Superfly? Superfly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know you didn't expect that. Yeah, I did not. Superfly. Hold on, which Superfly are you talking about? I'm talking about with the slick back. Yeah, Superfly that be whooping everybody at. No, I'm talking because, you know, you got the older Superfly. Then they oh, got I'm talking the about the new Well, I only saw the new one. Okay. I didn't see the older one yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, the new one, though. Yeah, that dude is the GOAT, man. Like, I'm trying to figure out how he planned all of that so perfectly. So perfectly, you know. I mean, yeah, I understand the end. It was like some flip-flops and stuff. But, I mean, in the beginning, like, that dude was, yeah, I mean, he he had everybody pretty much fall into him. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And he was so genuine about helping people out. You know, I, I like that. You know, it's it's a lot of things you can learn from criminals, man. It's a lot of things you can learn from people who like kingpins and stuff. A lot of them started in positions where they yeah. want to help but can't. So now they do that, and now they can help, and they do. And it's, he know. It's great, man. Yeah. 
that's why I really don't. Uh, that's why I really didn't fault like Nino Brown. Uh, who else? I mean, uh, well, um, Bishop. He 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 always had a menace of mind. Never mind, Bishop. He right. never mind. Forget about him. <laughs> but um, yeah, I can I can see that because you know because. Not times they they did like you said they always they did they was trying to do something genuine from the heart mm-hmm. and I was gonna say Frank Lucas but he real yeah shoot even real people like Al Capone yeah Al Capone was like big um who else this is Hispanic Hispanic dude man a Cuban guy um God what's his name I'm not talking about uh, Pablo yeah Escobar Escobar uh huh Pablo Escobar yep. Huge, huge for that. You know what I mean, and a lot of people just see them as these menacing people because that's what the media portrays. But you know, if you're a hunter, the line is always going to be the bad guy if you're the one writing the story. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, line just chilling us down with his family. You come in there trying to kill him. How does it make the the line the bad guy? <laughs> it's true. The media, the media will change Every, the narrative yeah. quickly. You're right, man. You're right. So I'm honestly, man. But yeah, nah, that's super fun. That's, that's what I got you. <laughs> if you wasn't doing music, what would you be doing now? I'm not doing music. I don't even know, bro. Like, I'm not doing music. I done failed. <laughs> I've not. I failed. So nah, there's I'm, nothing else there. I'd probably try to help somebody else do music. Okay. You know, if I absolutely knew for a fact, like, yeah, this is not saying that. Not not saying like. Your your music career did what like if like if music wasn't even like an idea for you what would you mm. do? That's a good question. Man. Um, you would have been playing at Feather State. You would have been taking that number. Hey, hey, I'm telling you, I'm saying man, like I probably I'd probably be a writer. Okay, you I mean like I can see that like writing novels and stuff. Okay, or books. Yeah, I like to write. I really like to write. That's that from high school too. My mom's a journalist. So I remember three, four o'clock in the morning being on the couch, getting shoes thrown at me because I'm falling asleep because she's writing my paper for me, basically. (laughs) I mean, she said, if I don't know how to write and express my thoughts, then I will never really be like, she never said I wouldn't be successful, but she said it'll be considerably harder for me to be successful if I don't know how to explain my thoughts. Because you can have the greatest idea in the world, but if you can't explain to anybody, how are you expecting to get out? Mm. And that's that's some real stuff, man. Like, yeah. So I probably do novels. The person that helped you the most times of trouble. Person, I mean, dang, I can't even answer that question. There's too many of them. Too many. There's <laughs> too many of them. Like, I don't even want to answer that question because I already know. <laughs> The the next person gonna be like, ah, what? <laughs> I helped you this time. Right, yeah, right. No, it's it's a lot, man. Like I'm I'm just gonna say everybody that's I've met in my life has helped tremendously. You know, some more than others. You mm-hmm. know, but tremendously, and I I would never ever take that away from any of them. What would be a good theme song for your life? <laughs> a good theme song. <laughs> I wish I'd heard these questions before. <laughs> uh, let me think. Let me think. Um, Barney, I love you. 
Do I need to? <laughs> no, man, I mean, as funny as it sounds, as childish as it is, I mean, the, the general theme of the song, I love you, you love me, we're all one big happy family, you know. That's, that's as real as it get, bro. That's real, though. That's as real as it get, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's exactly that. where I'm at, you know. I I really have no hate for anybody. There are people that annoy the hell out of me. I can't lie to you. And there are people who, like, I'm around them, I just don't like being around them. But to say that I don't love them as their essence of being a person in this life, especially if I've met them, they've contributed something to where my thought process is now. You know, whether or not they've done me wrong, whether or not, you know, they've done something where I consistently think about it to this day, like, dang, like, I can't wait to show this person up. But even that in itself is motivation, you know, because in the process of me thinking that, I'm actually showing this person up and actually doing what I need to do, you know what I mean? And yeah, as spiteful as that may sound, like, it's never really, like, if I were to run into them and I'm successful, I'm not the type of person to be like, hi, you know, like, I'm just going to see them, like, what's up? And I know that that silence alone is going to be, like, enough for them to think, well, dang, I remember, like, they know what they did. <laughs> they I know mean, exactly what they did. I ain't saying I ain't go shit on nobody. <laughs> I mean, it's some people that I'm, you know, it's it's a lot of people I'm gonna be like, yeah. you know, they reach out, you know, here and take the foot. Right, right. <laughs> shoot. I dig it, man. I dig it. Nah, I trust me. I know exactly where you're coming from, bro. But I'm just, I don't know. I've never really been that kind of person, man. My, my grandmother was really heavy in the church mm-hmm. and my mom too, but my grandmother was like the main one. And, She's all about forgiveness. And throughout my life, like I've seen time and time and time again where my act of forgiving somebody for doing something so traumatic to me has gotten me in a place where I'm now higher and above that, no longer even thinking about it. You know, while that person was still stuck in that in that same situation. Yeah, they got their own walk to walk too, but through my lens, that's somebody else, that's not me. You know what I mean? So I learned my lesson. And, and forgiving you, it just gives you a clarity of mind to be able to make decisions that are conducive for your future mm-hmm. rather than trying to show up somebody else. So give you more focus and a lot of stress off you. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, they walk around with that stress on them. I'm the type of person, I like to tell people, you know, I know, I know how hard it is, but, you know, let go, give okay. it to God. Right, exactly. I'm that type of person, let go. Give it to God. Right. And I'm the type of person that, like, I ain't, I ain't gonna lie, I do stress, but, like, I worry about it for, like, for that little moment, mm-hmm. and then other than that, or, you know, it, it's whatever. Like, I, right. you know, family times, you know, I have people come to me, you know, talk, you know, da 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 da. And it's, it might be straight, like, big, big stress to them, but they look like, you're not even worried about it, you're not. Because it, I know it's gonna pass. Right. I know. Exactly. I know it's gonna get handled. I, I can't. It's so irritating too, because it's like, why are you? Why do you want me to stress out that much? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're not even stressed about. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm stressing about it, but not to a point where I want to show it. You yeah. know, I, I just want to. I just want to worry, or not worry, but I want to focus on the parts of my life that's actually making me happy right happy. now, versus that one piece of mess that I got going on. Happy. Right. That's it. You don't know how much like that leads to me. Like I, like at one point in time, I really didn't understand like why you know 
all these celebrities they commit suicide. Right. You know, you got all this money, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. but I but then as I got older I realized it's because they wasn't right. genuinely happy. Right. They don't have that genuine love like I'm, I mean, I ain't saying I'm, I ain't saying I'm content where I'm at, mm-hmm. but if something happened and I and I don't have and I'm not on a platform that I want to be, mm-hmm. I'm good because you know I got my family, I got my media family, I got my kids, my kids healthy, mm-hmm. we good, right. we good. I just like I say I'm. I'm the type that type of person that you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my best to be happy. All right. I'm gonna be happy for you. I'm gonna be happy for the next person and everybody else that comes along. That's real, man. That's it right there, bro. And that's why Barney's my theme song. <laughs> I would have never thought about that. Would have never thought about that. Okay, if you had a superpower, what would it be? If I get to pick my own, or like if yeah, you get to pick your own. I get to pick my own. Oh. Hmm. Teleportation, cause I hate long trips. Oh yeah. No, I mean I like the road trips. I like the the adventure of the road trip. But like when we coming back home, oh, I'm yeah. just trying to snap my fingers. <laughs> I ain't trying to go through that again. <laughs> Sometimes for me, the ride back is better than yeah. Going. It's a little quicker. Yeah, for sure. But. Like the time we had uh, went to Louisiana, that's a, that's a nice little twelve hours. Mm-hmm. We we split the, we split the twelve mm-hmm. the first time going, mm-hmm. and then some shit went down. The that car ride mm-hmm. with the beat, I did that whole twelve by myself. Mm-hmm. Like it was nothing. It was nothing. Wow. Hey, sometimes it's how it is, bro. <laughs> You know, but I think my biggest thing of, is like on the trip back, I know I'm not going to something unexpected anymore. You know, like the trip you too, do, yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, we got to have fun. You know, this, this, and the third, it's going to be dope. I ain't got to worry about none of this. You know, back behind me, now coming back home, it's like, dang, back to work tomorrow, <laughs> back to this tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's like, man, I'm not trying to deal with none of this. And then I got to drive this long trip back. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna experience that in about two weeks. Yeah, I'm going to Greensboro uh, oh, okay. for my birthday. All right, May so. What's your birthday? May seventeenth. Seventeenth. All right, Taurus. I'm on the eleventh, man. That's when I, my song drop on my birthday. So yeah. Y'all heard that? That song drop on the eleventh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. On my birthday, come celebrate with me and get that song. <laughs> so, <clears throat> if you had a book. What would be the title of your book? That's how it is. That's how it is. Explain. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. That'd be the title of my book. That's how it is. <laughs> oh, you said explain. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said that's playing. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> um. Well, because man, my book would definitely be about my life. It'll definitely be about you know some of the things that I've been through, and. A lot of the times, I mean, it's not going to be all bad, obviously, but a lot of the times, like, one of the biggest quotes that I've had to reiterate to myself is, it is what it is, it's going to be what it will, you know, and that's how it is, man, like, that's, I mean, when something bad happens to you, 
and it's out of your control. Like I, I don't love it, but I prefer it when something bad happens to me out of my control because I know for a fact that that was God. Mm-hmm. You know, it couldn't be anybody else but God. I'm not going to blame the person because that person has no dominion over my life. So, of course, their mess up or they're not allowing me to do something I need to get done is not really, it don't affect me when it's just coming from them. When it affects my my existence, it affects what I want to do with my future, then I know that's God, you know, because I can't control it. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's say, I don't know, like, let's say, uh, freaking, I had to go to work or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then I get out to the car, try to start the car, and I work like an hour away, try to start the car, and my car don't start. Um, the, the engine went out. Night before it was riding perfectly fine. The next day the engine went out. Somebody came and messed with it or something like that because it's a good car. And, you know, I can't control that. I called for rides. Nobody gave me a ride. You know, I can't get to work that day. I, need, I know I needed to go into work that day. I'm not going to stress out about not getting that pay for that day because I know that that wasn't me. That wasn't my fault. I didn't wake up later or anything. My car just ain't start. That was completely out of my control. And then later on that day, I probably stumbled across $100 on the floor or something, you know, in a place that I never would have been at. Or I probably stumbled across a person that's going to bump my future, you know what I mean? Because I, I wasn't in place if I was going to be at work. But because I'm not at work, it allowed me to be here. And that's God, you know, that's all day. And that's, that's how my life has been from day one. I mean, obviously, the example was, was pretty small, you know, but I mean, that on a grander scale, you know, you think of something with complex situations and all this complicated details and everything, but the, the, the underlying tone of it all is, that's what it is. You know, God made that be what it is, so that's what it is. I'm not going to approve, I'm not going to object, I'm just going to observe. And that's what Bruce Lee said, that's one of my favorite quotes. You know, and that's real, bro. Like, just observe your situation, observe where you're at. Don't pitch in anything, and just allow whatever happens to happen. Because you're always going to come out on top. I can genuinely say, like, this is going to be one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I um, appreciate it, man. <laughs> just uh, having this conversation with you. Uh, I love people that have that, that, that really has a, like you said, that has a story. And then they know what they are looking for. They know what they're doing. They know their plan. Mm-hmm. They know what they're trying to reach. They know their goal, you know. Some people, you know, they just do stuff to do it, right. which I can I can respect that, but it's more better when like you have a plan. You right. know, you know what you're trying to reach. You know what you're, you know the reason why you're doing it. You know the reason where where it's coming from. So I thank yeah, you, man. man thank you, thank you, man. I appreciate the opportunity, man. For sure. So once again, tell the people uh, what you got going on. All right, y'all. So you can call me I Am. Got a Cape Fair Valley coming out on May 11th. Be sure to watch out for that. Make sure you share my promos if you want to get that for free. Uh, June 1st, got the uh, Caribbean Festival at Mendoza Park. Starts at 1 o'clock and ends at 7. So if y'all can, man, come check me out. I'll be out there on my lunch break, so you ain't got no excuse. (laughs) I will most definitely be posting, reposting, and sharing all this information. Oh, you know, on my Facebook and on my IG. Um, tell the people how they can get in touch with you. Okay, you can find me on Instagram, 3Y3AM Music. That's I Am Music. 
3Y3 AM Music. And on Facebook, you can find me at 3Y3 AM. Uh, I most definitely will be uh, sharing his uh, IG and his Facebook. Well, mostly his IG, because I do promote IG on here uh, heavily. So uh, be on the lookout for his single, man. I will be playing a little snippet of it on this episode. So stay tuned for that. You know me. You Jigsaw Blue. You can catch me on IG. That's J-I-G-G-S-A-W-B-L-U-E-2-6. You can catch me on Snap. Same thing, Jigsaw Blue. Uh, my email, jigsawblue at gmail.com. If you want to uh, get on the podcast, DM me, email me. Tell somebody that knows somebody that know me. I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, this is Jigsaw and Company Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't did it, you need to do it now. Download the Anchor app so you can get the Jigsaw and Company episode early. We drop on Wednesday. Apple Podcasts be kind of delayed. So get the Anchor app, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We drop every Wednesday. This is your boy Jigsaw Blue, and I'm out.